Hello again, and welcome to the Red Dwarf Introcast, where longtime fans and newbies alike fight over what seasons of Red Dwarf are good. Um, <laughs> uh, as we journey together into the deepest, darkest regions of space to talk about Red Dwarf episode by episode. My name is Heath. I'm Angela. I'm Shane. I'm Squilucal. <laughs> and our special guest this week. Hello, I'm Rosie. Hello, Rosie. <laughs> oh, good to have you back. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and uh, this week we are going to be talking about uh, Series 7, Episode 4, uh, Duct Soup. And uh, Shane's going to tell us what that's all about in just a moment. But before we do, Rosie, if you want to remind the folks uh, where all they can find you on the interwebs and sort of your history with the Red Dwarf stuff. Okay, well, massive fan of Red Dwarf, as you know, uh, and also have a podcast called Aboard the Night Bus, where we pretty much pick apart the Harry Potter series and rip it to bits. (laughs) <laughs> in a fun and light-hearted way. Um, While making people cry. <laughs> yes, Paul. Well, that was you. <laughs> and Rosie, if you want to get in touch with the board of the night bus, you should email at... <laughs> aboard the night bus at gmail.com. Join our Facebook group and stop bullying me. <laughs> we can't help it. I just it. couldn't it's help it. <laughs> <laughs> It is fun. It is fun. Well, we are glad that you are back with us. Okay, thank um, you. So, let's get into it. Uh, Shane, tell us about Duct Soup. The generators break down on Starbug and the crew are trapped. The only way to solve the problem is to crawl up the service ducts, get to the generator, and start up again. There are just two problems. The generators are long crawl away, and this is claustrophobic. As this gets worse, Starbuck gets hotter and appears they, that they are off course and heading for the sun. Only then does Croyton reveal that the generator may have had some help shutting them shutting down in the first place. Yes, yes, <laughs> good old Criders, and we will talk about Criders as we move along with this. Um, so. Uh, the elephant in the room, uh, and we'll get into this with the feedback later, is um, I, I get the vague... I was going to imp- say, are you talking about me? Because oh. that's very rude. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it appears um, from some of the feedback, and just I get the general impression that this is not among the favorite episodes of the series. You know, I think um, this might have put people a bit off, just slightly. <laughs> But, uh, you know, you'll be interested to know that um, so far, this is one of Angela's and my favorite episodes. Best episode ever. Shut up. Best episode ever. Uh, But quite honestly, it may well be top five material for me. So, um, yes, it'll be curious to see where uh, where the divide is there. I'm looking forward to this. Um, The episode. Begins before we get uh, there. Heath, oh, to, okay, to, yes. to, to but uh, on the documentary which accompanies the Red Dwarf Seven uh, mm-hmm. episodes, uh, it's it's actually mentioned that it was actually voted one of uh, 
Red Dwarf's best ever episodes on the one PBS, PBS did their poll. Oh. Uh-huh. I would look but that ahead. was a PBS no. poll. PBS. Yeah. But I wonder, do you happen to know where it landed in the uh, much-vaunted Ganymede and Titan poll? Uh, not off the top of my head, but give you give me two seconds, I will find Probably out. Probably not you. even on the list, given the yeah. Facebook response. Um, yeah, I don't know if uh, if uh, stoke me a clipper was that low that I'm I shudder yeah, to think but I this one ended up. Yeah, but I just absolutely disagree with that. Stoke me oh, a clipper like should be much. Clipper? I do like that one. Yes. Mm-hmm. We have some good taste. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we'll have that in a moment. Um, we will go ahead and tear into this one. Number 50. Uh, we, oh, 50. 50. 50. Okay. Okay. Well, that's really not... Excuse me. Not quite as low as I would have imagined, just given the vitriol on the Facebook page. But uh, Exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll have feedback later. Um, so, there's something wrong with the heat, and it is... 92 degrees. So, point right here. Fahrenheit. Uh, A while back, um, I postulated, given the American captain and the fact that they use dollar pounds, that there was a a Amero-British empire at some point in history uh, that sort of took over everything and and had this space program. Um, And that, yeah, there was some sort of uh, reunification between uh, the States and, and Britain. Uh, but I, I forget who was our guest. It might have been Darren that sort of called me on that and said, well, just because it's dollars doesn't necessarily mean it's American. Mm-hmm. Lots of people have dollars. But not many people use Fahrenheit mm-hmm. at all. So I'm I'm going to reinstate my theory there. I think that pretty much confirms that, that uh, the Americans and the Brits got over that whole, you know, uh, crazy syphilitic king thing and um, <laughs> and decided to get back together. Uh, to launch their space program. What I don't get is why someone has a temperature gauge right next to the pillow. (laughs) (laughs) That's an attraction. I don't know anybody that has a giant thermometer right next to their pillow. I don't Um, know. Maybe that's like... Like, people keep smartphones now next to their bed. Maybe that's like his computer thing and he presses it and he can access his Facebook or whatever. I doubt it. He did get in trouble for posting pictures of his cat on Facebook. I'm still calling it Facebook even though that wasn't created yet. Do you know what what, what would be fun? You know how they have these like spoof Facebook messages and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. It would be awesome if there was a Red Dwarf one. I don't know how to make them but if I, if I knew how I would how to make them I would. Fans, get on that. Yes. Red Dwarf, the Facebook page. Yes. <laughs> uh, let's see. So, yeah, Lister, Lister he's hot. Uh, he's having some, some other personal problems. Uh, <laughs> contemplating the state of man. And, uh... <laughs> meanwhile, down the hall, or wherever her sleeping quarters are in Next relation to, to Lister's... Next to the sewage system, that can't be the only other bedroom. <laughs> yeah. Kachansky is having her own problem sleeping. And I found this scene hilarious. Okay, when I realized what was happening, I 
I laughed until I was crying. <laughs> Every time she would hit someone with that spanner, I would just roll. <laughs> so she, yeah, fighting against the Nareeks and the uh, her tuts. Okay, and so at this point, I, I'm going to start my rant. Do it. Go for it. Oh, I, hate dear. <laughs> I absolutely hate this scene. It's awful. Because you have no sense of humour. <laughs> okay, now. now I can now. take it, Paul. Everyone <laughs> gave me the opportunity to explain why I hated backwards. So, mm-hmm. Rosie. Yeah, but what, what's not clicking for Yeah. Me? She's so over the top. Hmm. And is not natural in any way. It just... And this is different from the rest of the cast. How? <laughs> <laughs> yeah! <laughs> in <Okay>. your face! <laughs> I, well, no, I, I guess I could see it. I, mean, I think yeah, even yeah. more so. She's She's literally been thrown in at the deep end. She's new, she's been badly written for, and she doesn't make a good impression on me. Okay. 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 Now, I would like to start my rant. Um, <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Anyone who's been kept up for quite a long period of time, I'm talking from personal experience here, regardless of of any noise it will make you insane <laughs> right obviously chance is getting kept awake by the noises of the um, of the pipe yeah For, uh, mm-hmm. admittedly I wouldn't go to the extent of um, recording a little diary of what noises happens <laughs> where and what order they go in and the timings of them I personally I, I live in um, a beach town it's a beach. Mm. I live uh, on the beach. Well, I don't live on the, on the beach. I live in a town where it's got a beach, <laughs> and we have an abundance of seagulls. Uh, and yeah. this time of year, we have seagulls that like to lay eggs on houses, roof on the roofs of houses. And the chimney on my house is above my bedroom, and because it's quite warm at the minute, I keep uh, my windows open. And I have seagulls squawking all through <laughs> the night. And I want to shoot them. <laughs> and all right, I, c- I can completely agree with how <laughs> Kachansky is reacting to the sound noises. I don't think even hmm. it's just the noisy pipes. I think it's everything. Still like, just it's been on a new so ship. She, yes. Yeah, I mean, she's been transplanted... She's with people that she knows versions of, but she doesn't know them. And I'm sure that the differences between... One of whom is openly hostile toward her. Yes. Yes. At times. And and the other one is not her cat. Perving. Perving on the underwear, though. And the other one (laughs) is like a version of her boyfriend that... That's got to be so confusing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, she's in love with 
Hollow Rimmer from her time. Lister. Yeah, sorry. Lister. Well, I'm in love with Hollow Rimmer. We're used to saying Hollow Rimmer. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, She's in love with Hollow Lister from her time. And you've got a version of him here, but it's not the same one. But she still feels that attraction to him. And that's... Yeah. I totally get how this over-the-top performance is just a build-up of this is the worst day ever. (laughs) I have an... Sorry, I have an interview from Chloe Annette here. Mm. Oh, yeah? Yep. Because the scene allowed the actress to play a different aspect of the character, she actually said it was a nice one for me because it's when she goes completely mad and breaks down. Mm-hmm. She's uh, she's strong. Let's boss them around. But she, only because she knows what to do. She's horrified that they're so terrible and so lazy they don't know what the hell they're doing. <laughs> but at the same time, she's got these neuroses. They're probably from me. Doug put tiny pots on me and exaggerated them. I saw what he'd done and I thought... Oh, he's clocked onto something. Kachansky doesn't try to be funny. She doesn't think she's funny at all. She's just trying to her best to get things together and go home. Hmm. Yeah, I um last episode I was sort of theorizing after first seeing her and everything. I was thinking, okay, she's gonna be the straight character. She's gonna be the the serious one, and they're gonna be zany and play off of her, and it's gonna be funny that way. But no, this episode sort of. I've had to reverse course on that because um, I thought she was hilarious. It really worked for me. And having it, yeah, just sort of a breakdown as a way of character exposition, um, I thought it was it was a clever move on Doug's part because she got to tell about her childhood and she got to, um, yeah, show that, you know, her, her crazy side. Um, it, I don't know. It, it just, it was clicking. And, and the sound effects and, and yeah, even... That, that she is obsessive and keeping a list and a chart <laughs> like that. Well, you know, she's a console officer. But yeah. she's not supposed to be like that. She's supposed to be quirky and interesting. And is she? Not... That's not quirky? Well... How, about, how, how, can you, how can you say that she's meant to be quirky thingy after just two episodes? Well, I'm going off the books as well and off the uh, early episodes. Uh, all right, <laughs> it's a different, it's a different, different actress means different character traits. Yes, in but face. in the books, no, not in my face. Yes, in <laughs> your face. Hey, hey, hey! Come on, guys. All right. Keep, keep, keep things out of people's faces. In your face. <laughs> I'm going to continue, Rosie. Doesn't feel to me like the sort of woman that Lister would have been that attracted to and would have had that falling out with. Catching her on an off day, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, and what um, what attracted uh, Lister to her uh, was, I mean, he, he was you know instantly attracted because he thought that she was she was very good looking, but still didn't really want to approach her. But um, when uh, an officer saw that she had a learned Japanese dictionary book and and uh, somebody and he accused her of being pretentious, and she said, "Pretentious? Watashi." 
then um, that he, he was like, oh, OK, so not only is she clever, but she's, you know, she's sort of got this wry sense of humor about her. And Lister loved that, uh, the sense of humor. And so that's when he really started pursuing her. Yeah, uh, this is just going, going from the first novel. And so, yeah, I can see that because she is kind of spoiled, we learn, and 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 is used to having things a certain way. But then. That wry sense of humor, and we'll get to these scenes later, mm-hmm. but it really comes across when she's talking to Lister. Yeah, but um, I, I don't think that this Kachansky does have a wry sense of humor. Okay. I did, but yeah, <laughs> yeah well, well, we'll get to the yeah. scenes where. Uh, let's see. So where were we? Well, uh, this was actually, so this episode was actually specifically intended to follow Elaborus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could tell. Oh wow! They 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 actually had two episodes in the order that they intended to have. Them. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap! That's, that's like a first. Yeah, there's some more to that story, which I'll get yeah. when we've finished because I want to hear your reactions. Okay. Uh, so Kachansky, she's she's going crazy, um, trying a few things. Lister's solving all of his problems with a shower. <sighs> <laughs> Both problems okay. with the shower, in the shower. Yeah, again, they're going for the 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 bodily gross out humor, but they're doing it so much better now than yeah. they used to. <laughs> um, Crichton has has a go at uh, Kachansky with a nice Star Wars reference. Very unexpected. Yeah. I, I don't think they've um, referenced science fiction before in the show. Mm. They don't often. Now, in the novel, strangely enough, they mention Star Trek all the time. Wow. But yeah, they don't bring that into the show very much. Hmm. Oh, yeah, the captain's name was Kirk. Oh. It was a female captain, but her name was Kirk. Huh. And but when they asked Lister why he wanted to join, um, uh, sorry, Space Corps, there we go, uh, he said to uh, explore strange new worlds and boldly go <laughs> where no man has gone before. <laughs> Prompting them to think that he might have a slight attitude problem. <laughs> really? Go figure. Well, um, they, did, they did say in uh, an earlier episode, don't give me that Star Trek crap is too early in the morning. They, mm. Yeah, you, you're right. I'd forgotten that. Uh, let's see. Sukhachansky, she, she goes off a bit, fusses about some of the problems that she's having on the ship. The boys' fridge with the <laughs> chilled trainers. Um, and Crichton... To his credit, tries to be comforting by offering drinking chocolate. <laughs> I'm and saying everything I want to quote. In the I scene. know. What would you say to a glass of drinking chocolate? <laughs> I'd say glass of drinking chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> don't take the words. Don't take the words. This is so funny. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, let's see. Oh, before uh, I, I, sorry, I forgot to ask you this at the top of the show. You did watch both versions, didn't we you? Did. We did. Okay, we did. I'm making sure. And in fact, we were sort of taken aback by what they cut in this one. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I have to say, uh, again, I watched the uh, uncut version for the purposes of this of this review. Mm-hmm. <laughs> However, um, the bits that are featured on the season seven documentary, which I referred to earlier on. They use the bits from the TV episode with a laugh track. Mm-hmm. And w- watching the episode, uh, as I did, then watching the documentary bit um, straight after, is slightly disconcerting. Yeah. 
Yeah. And the laugh track felt a little more fake in this one mm. than it did in the one before. Yeah, the the sinking sometimes they do it better than others. Mm. Um, like uh, there was a, what episode was it that they did so well on? Um, Might have been stoke me, me a, stoke me a clipper. Mm. Yeah, like one. I didn't even notice that that they had to dub it in on that one. Mm. It was like right on time. This one was a little like things were were missing a beat here and there. I felt. Just a bit off. Although maybe the jokes just weren't landing with the audience. Maybe they were all rosy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, at this point, I'm going to jump in. <laughs> please do. Please I was going to say, they're just, they brought in a woman character. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they are writing just very typical jokes for a woman. Like, oh, I like cottage cheese, and I can't believe that men would do this. And oh. I, I just mm-hmm. find it incredibly grating and irritating. See, hmm. see, okay, you you know me, and you mm-hmm. know that I am always primed for female stereotypes and you know archetypes. I was particularly a harsh toward the female cat character in mm-hmm. <laughs> and I I see where they're playing with gender difference but I sort of see it less than the joke being oh she likes cottage cheese that crazy woman and more the characters being extremely aware of their gender differences can, can I mention something i don't think hmm. we for, right i'm just focused on this cottage cheese bit actually okay. um i don't think that it's because they're writing for a woman i think it's because kachansky like like you said she, she's um well educated it, it's it's a class system thing because you associated cottage cheese with your <laughs> i can't believe i'm saying that <laughs> a lot of people associate cottage cheese with Middle upper class because it's very posh. Really, it's, I've it's a, never it's heard posh. that. It's posh. But then she was never like that, Paul. But well, obviously, this but in- this is her character. Yeah. No. Right, Rosie, be blunt with me, right? Are you being harsh on the Kunchansky character because you don't like Chloe in it, or did you prefer CJ or Grogan? I am being harsh because I love Chloe in it and I think she was badly written for. Hmm. When was the last time they had a major female character to write for in a dwarf? Never. Well, exactly, <laughs> but that's not the point. <laughs> no, I can see what I'm, you're I'm saying. Defending, I'm defending Kachansky. I'm you can to. do. And you're being me. Well, I, I'm, I I'm going to I'm gonna say me. something right now, which is going to get the heat off Rosie. Oh, good. <laughs> Rosie, well, everyone's already heard the story before because I mentioned it on the spoiler cast. Oh, not a story. (laughs) (laughs) But when I this was actually the Pacific episode when I actually when I was uh, watching it for the first time, I actually wrote down that why have they replaced C.P. Grogan with an unattractive actress who can't act? What? She's unattractive. She's not unattractive. She's hot. She is hot. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. You're you're wrong, Shane. <laughs> Remember, I was 16 when I wrote that. Well, 16 year olds 
Shane had crap taste. <laughs> <laughs> she looks like a young Nicole Kidman, man. She she's incredibly beautiful and talented. I don't and think you... she was she was given justice in this episode. You know what is um, sort of bothering me? They keep dressing her in red. The cl- yeah. I'm like, okay, I get it. She's, you know, passionate and desirable, and she's the woman character. Let's just keep putting red on her. Can I, can I just say something? Right. <laughs> the You're reason going to why anyway. she's wearing red. Yeah, yeah, I am. The reason why <laughs> she's wearing red is, besides that dress that Lister found on Derelicts, hmm. the only thing that she had was that red leather thingy. And obviously, they've gone on, she's gone to this new ship. They're not going to have women's clothes on there. Although it's quite surprising how many pairs of women's undergarments they have. <laughs> Who okay. says they have? Oh, true. Well, funny thing about Rimmer. Uh, no. <laughs> um. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe he had to stop for um, his girlfriend. I don't know. Had- oh, true. <laughs> his widow. <laughs> well, maybe. it sounds like though, Rosie. Um, yeah, I mean, you you've mentioned this several times that you know. You, you feel like they're changing the character, but again, I've only read the first novel, um, but I really got absolutely no sense of the character of Gachansky from the original actors. Now, granted, we only had a couple of scenes. I mean, if you put together all of her screen time, I would be surprised if it were, what, 15 minutes? Mm-hmm. Um, I, pre- I preferred so, it better in this episode than I did the last episode. Oh, yeah, I did too, actually. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the original actress, to me, I mean, I'd never... And I think it's... A, you, you, uh, Shane, you quoted that um, interview with, yeah. with Doug Naylor that yeah, yeah. Um, at that point, for a lot of the series, Gachansky was more of an idea than a character. And, yeah, I mean, she was just like... She might as well have been Fiji. She was an ideal that Lister would never get. Um, but, yeah, making a character out of her. So I'm, I'm sort of... I'm ready to was ready to start fresh and say, okay, who is Kachansky and why was Lister interested in her? And I think that's what they're trying to do. So if it seems really different, maybe that's why. Maybe. I'd, and I'm I, also, uh, go Sorry, go on, Angela. Well, I'm also sort of cutting slack for the quote-unquote woman jokes because it feels like the entire series has been sort of the same kind of stereotypical man jokes. Mm-hmm. For a long time, like, oh, they want sex, like, a whole bunch, but they're really crap at getting it because they're really crap with women, or... Lister's a slob. Yeah. He really likes yeah. Indian food. But or- I'm going to say something that's going to get me hated right now. <laughs> Good. What? The Nazis were right. Rosie, what were you saying? No! Shame on you, Rosie. I like the boys' club feel about Red Dwarf. Really? Yes. Really? Hmm. See, I felt... I sometimes felt kind of uncomfortable and excluded because of the boys' club feel. I, especially when, you know, I made my criticisms. You know, Holly was, you know, cut down to a bare minimum character when... She was changed to from male to female, and and especially with how Which, they I would mean, portray fair, women as 
just sexual objects. Yeah, mm. I agree with that. And that's probably yeah. why they're best left out of it. <laughs> See, to me, okay. that's what I loved about this episode, is that Kachansky, they fleshed in her character's a lot like and i guess that's why they did this sort of uh, people and I, i've compared it to it too it's sort of like a marooned episode and mm-hmm. that it's oh. there's a lot of let's stop here in this small space and have a conversation with each other moments um because yeah they have a lot of backstory to fill in on and wow we've been recording half an hour and we've gotten yeah to i'm two sorry minutes that's my fault We're, no no no, no because yeah I, I i wanted to know because yeah. i wanted to know why folks why I'm loving this character and other folks aren't. So that's interesting. So yeah, uh, cottage cheese with pineapple chunks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's sort of... <laughs> and um, the uh, fourth most It's no popular. curry joke. But... <laughs> yes. The, the activities on, on the Starbug have changed. Um, uh, or I'm sorry, on Starbug, not the Starbug. Oh, yes, yes. Or, I have or to is get it the, the Starbug? I don't know. Um, on the blue midget or whatever they're on nowadays, I don't know. Oh, don't say the anything. Yeah. You'll get in trouble. Oh, and of course, you know, the best way to stop a woman from crying is... I don't know, that was funny in concept, but on second viewing, the physicality of that joke was really awkward. I guess it was because she was wearing the big sheet that... I was like, okay, what are they doing? <laughs> where, where are the body parts lining up? Um, <laughs> exactly. Hmm. Bad touch, Crichton. Bad touch. Let's keep no, the one attachments out of this. <laughs> Do you know what? I found, I found that Kachansky had, had quite a lot of the funniest moments in this episode. I thought so as well. I agree. Though Cat um, had his share of hilarious cat, moments. The cat had two bits. That's about it. Cat had to. Because Kachansky completely ruined the rest of them. Again, I loved it. But yeah. yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. So the Crichton Kachansky interaction here is pretty cool. Um, Crichton, he's, he doesn't like her, but he is trying to be his usual Crichton self, at least in this scene. Um, we find out about her pony named Trumper. <laughs> And that I, she's had sort of a, a privileged upbringing. Can I just mention something about Trump? Right. I don't know. Yeah. What, <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm trying to stop myself from laughing. Trump. <laughs> right. To Trump mm-hmm. is, uh, I'm guessing, has two different meanings. Um, the meaning that I'm I'm most knowledgeable with is um, mm-hmm. when you Trump. It also means you fart. <laughs> so, so when she came out, I have a horse called Trumpet. I laughed because it's a farting horse. <laughs> I I had never heard that euphemism. Uh, I, uh, Trump here usually means to to one up, um, especially in, yeah. in like in cards, uh, hearts, Trump, yeah, clubs or whatever, yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, that's good to know. Well, it's yeah, it's a very northern thing, I think. Oh, okay. I think it would be really funny. <laughs> <if> this... <laughs> I said you're being discriminative. Well, she was from Glasgow. She's not from Glasgow. <laughs> she said. 
Yeah, of course she is. Kachansky. Yeah, and, and oh, fact, Kachansky. Oh, I, I thought you said Rose. I thought you were talking about Rose. No, no, no. Oh, no. Well, no, Paul, I'm northern as well, so yeah. get over it. You know Your son is practically that. northern. <laughs> Mommy. Yeah. We find out that. Are you though, no, stop it. We, we did a bit of historical research and so at that time in 1997 saying that she came from the fancy well-to-do part of Glasgow might have been a bit of a joke oh, please yeah, right. but please, please. In, the early, in the early 2000s that totally changed yeah. he's right he's one of, one of the things that must annoy me about Americans they never say Glasgow right I'm sorry oh, uh, oh correct me how, how is it Glasgow Glasgow. Glasgow instead gotcha. of Glasgow. Yeah, it, it's silent. Glasgow. Silent W. Glasgow. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Good Sorry, I, I wonder, I'm going to go. At you. It's just a pet peeve. I, 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 no. Hey, okay. I, I'm always curious about it. Oh, I'll, I feel really bad I'll now. Go. No, no. no, no I, I get the same thing. Uh, my maiden name is Adair, and when so many people call me Adair, then I'm like, I'm I'm not Adair. I'm Adair. <laughs> Oh, and, you know, both in Mississippi and Alabama, then there's so many places around here with uh, Native American names. So, you know, you go to Tuscaloosa <coughs> and Itawamba and Kosciuszko <laughs> and Itabina, and people will come here and it's, we get lots job. of fun pronunciations. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, good to know that. Um, but yeah, apparently uh, Glasgow's I say there uh, economy really turned around in the early two thousands, and now that's it's like one of the most uh, prosperous cities to live in. Yeah. So I left Glasgow myself personally. Isn't that where Sarah's from? That's that's where Sarah. Oh is yeah. From, yes. awesome. Oh yeah. Um, uh, let's Lister see. is now. So, sorry, sorry. As we're still, sorry, as we're still on that point. Specifically, the goreboards, which is mentioned in the episode, hmm. was, is that, was considered the most dangerous place in the UK because of its um, street gangs and violence. Uh, <laughs> nice. Okay. We didn't uh, do our research that closely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. But yeah, Lister um, is now too mature to. Oh yes. Uh, watch women that women's underwear. He is ashamed of cat. Well, Do you want to get the literature? I thought that was I, the laugh track failed completely on the, the, on that part. Yeah, there was I, I, I was laughing when he goes. I really matured me. I'm just going to read me comic. I laughed. <laughs> that was great, and it was like dead silence. No laugh. Track. I was like, come on. And now, Rosie, on on that scene, I will I will say for all of the the female jokes there, um, I'm not sure of the practicality of uh, having a g-string with your space corps uniform. Uh, Wife with the the few clothes that she has, that is among them. But you know, whatever. I think that was in Cat's imagination. Quite possibly. I think it was throwing in female jokes for no reason. I thought it was Cat <laughs> being oversexed, as usual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, again, you know, for no reason, but it could be viewed as a counterbalance to the constant uh, male humor. Yeah. So. And honestly, um, you know, how much of it is jokes about females and how much of it is jokes about how men perceive women? But it's both. Yeah. Yeah. But... 
but where's the balance? <laughs> There's no balance on this occasion. <laughs> they shouldn't either be in. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, it just seems something that shouldn't be brought up in Red Dwarf. Oh, that, God. That they have a female on the ship for the first time in five years? No, but new. the humor doesn't sit right with me. Hmm. Well, maybe that maybe it's an issue with you and not everyone else. Hey. Well, maybe it is, Paul, but, <laughs> I, I, but I can take it at this point. So. Well, and, and again, I mean, from some of the feedback, she's certainly not alone. Yeah, in this exactly. Point of view, so, yeah. I mean, um, so many people are saying that you know, uh, Kachansky is this cardboard cutout that she has no personality, that she's just the woman. <laughs> And I see her as this one of the few fully realized female characters in science fiction. Like, you know, completely beats out um, people like Deanna Troy and... Who? <laughs> uh, Star Trek uh, TNG. Star Trek TNG. Uh, mm. She's the one who was the counselor and was able to sense things... And would get mind-raped every other episode. It's true. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, being being an empath, she was really helpful. Because, you know, when aliens would come and start shooting uh, torpedoes at the Enterprise, she would say, I sense that they're angry at us, Captain. <laughs> I sense hostility from them. I'm sensing Rose, who doesn't like Kachansky, Captain. Oh, true. <laughs> yeah. Um... Let's see. Oh, I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm going to read a non-spoilery comment from mm. the uh, from Ganymede and Totem here. Mm. Have, you, have you double-checked mm. that it's non-spoilery? Yes, I have. Okay, okay. We'll triple-check it and then read it. Thank you. Um, quote, this is, this is their own um, type-up of the episode. The bulk of the jokes come from the bog-standard men and women are different observations and it's just not very funny. Everyone has a different sense of a, a. No, the car. The, no, I, 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 no, I'm, no, no, no. I'm just it. saying what they're saying. Well, that's that. They're wrong. Everyone has a different sense of humour. Some people like some stuff. Some people like that. Just, just for them to categorise some jokes compared to their own sense of humour is 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 wrong. I, I would have wrote it. I, I would have wrote it. How if I was writing that article, I would read. To some people, it was just not funny. To some people. <laughs> to most people, by the way, that's a bit poor. I don't care. Everyone like, Except no. on PBS. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, let's say the humor for the first scene, to me, came from, yeah, you have an uh, exhausted, angry person screaming at a pipe and saying words like squalunkle uh, and keeping a journal of annoying sounds. Okay. That's hilarious, whether male or female, to me. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no the way. person, the person that was the most unfunny in this whole episode was the cat. Okay. I've got really? in front. Sorry. Yeah, I've got in changed. front of me now. Sorry. I've got in front of me now. At the breakdown, they've split. Um, they've split the vote of the silver survey into two sections: the, the male, mm. what the male voted, and what the female voted. Mm-hmm. And for the male, it come fifty second. Mm-hmm. For the female, it come fifty fifty fifth. No, that's not much of a difference. No. Meh. 
statistically probably not particularly significant. Yeah. So I don't know. I I I can't. Uh, I just I'm just I'm just finding the whole thing really petty because obviously people are still pissed that Rimmer is not. Speaking of which, this is the first episode that Rimmer's not featured in at all. And yeah. I think, I and I think that's why people um, don't like this episode. And yeah, just See, because Rimmer is is not in it, and he's been replaced with a woman. People, no, that's a, no, that's nothing to do with it. It's, no, no, I'm saying a lot of no, I'm, I'm saying that's my opinion. That's why a lot of people may not like Kachansky because she's not Rimmer. See, I don't see it as petty because I'm really trying to see the viewpoint that most of the humor is coming from sort of, as they say, bog standard. Um, Men and women are different. But I've seen shows like that. And I've seen how unfunny that can be. And I would like to think of myself as a bit more critical and able to recognize when you know something is genuinely just has absolutely no cleverness or value and I just don't see that here I I was rolling in laughter and okay I guess because it's coming from fully realized characters rather than characters who embody stereotypes or gender stereotypes to the point where there's nothing else in them. Uh, case in point for that would be for me that um, at several points uh, in this episode, Kachansky is cleverer than Lister. And she sort of leads him along on jokes because she knows that he's a little gullible and she can she can sort of pull his leg that way. Um you know, it's not like, yeah, if if there weren't more to her character, I could see where. Although, you know, gender, the, the war of the sexes, uh, mining that for humor. I mean, Cheers with Sam and Diane got a lot of good seasons out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so having one episode of Red Dwarf that has gender humor, uh, or at least some female gender humor as opposed to the tons of male gender humor. <laughs> it's not that off-putting for me. Um, Sorry, for completeness' sake, I've got the Better Than Life poll, which was done in 1997. Alright. Which, which was done just after the series aired on TV. Okay. And out of the 44 episodes that were made at the time, mm-hmm. it be, it uh, become 40. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. I know. Uh, the ep- the uh, episodes that were below it were Meltdown, Confidence mm. Paranoia, Balance of Power, and Waiting <coughs> for God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, those were the last ones? Yeah. In that particular poll. Huh. Really hating on first I don't like season. that poll. Um... Although, and Rosie, now you said that it wasn't this way for you, but I think Paul does have a point in saying that for some people that uh, it's rumor being missing is is pissing them off. Because, like, in our comments even, Ian was like, you know, 
we take we we're missing one of the best characters that's ever been on any show ever, and we're replacing him with this. Uh, that that was sort of his comment last week. So mm. it's, it gets under some people's skin anyway. It, that doesn't get under my skin at all. What gets under my skin is that Chloe Annette is incredibly talented and would be a good replacement, but I just think she was badly written for. Hmm. Well, let's see. Well, you got we to admit keep... that, episode. <laughs> that she could have done so much better. You got to admit that some of her lines, even the weaker lines, she gives a heck of a delivery. Oh yeah, she definitely them. does. So that that's what makes me cross because hmm. she she could have been fantastic, but people don't like her I because do. of the writing. Sh- shut up. Well, to me, okay. I'm going to keep wandering off around in a circle here. We're never going to get anywhere. <laughs> Let, let's can charge. I, can, I, uh, right. can I just put a um, explanation point on this? No, sure. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Heath. That's very kind of you. Um, I w- I mentioned Crime Traveler last last week. Crime Traveler. Yeah, the the acting in that show was so bad by everybody, including Chloe, by everybody, that I think I would get a better TV program watching some trees in a forest. Mm. There are some directors who can pull a bad performance out of even great actors. <laughs> George Lucas. <clears throat> <clears throat> That's true. Oh, okay, Sit down and watch Garden State, and then watch Star Trek II Attack of Star Wars. Star Wars oh, uh, you're in trouble. Attack of the Clones. <laughs> yes, and be... Well, we were talking about Star Trek. Right, true. Uh, and wa- watch Attack of the Clones and be amazed at how a really good actor can be goaded into a really flat, crappy performance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But but when she's when Kachansky is eating the peaches and gives that grunt like over the peaches as Lister comes in, I was like, mm-hmm. oh. That's, I mean, it, it was just a nonsensical scene, but just. Her just disgusted, almost bestial response as she's had a full breakdown was fantastic. <laughs> oh, let's see. So we get more exposition. We find out about her cyber school and um, that she's sort of had it really good growing up. And to me, it's like they're making a point to build her up as a counterpoint to Lister. Mm-hmm. Lister sort of being from, you know, no father, or at least, you know, a really confusing father, um, <laughs> to uh, growing up as, you know, the sort of the school of hard knocks and, um, and yeah, just sort of bumbling his way into Space Corps, whereas she is sort of the so- society person and more educated. And uh, again, we're, we're looking sort of at a Sam and Diane situation here, which can lead to really good chemistry if done right. And I think for me, anyway. Um, I think we see some of that in this episode. I do sort of um, wish that Rimmer was around, because she's had the upbringing he wishes he had. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. I do want to see how they will interact. Um, or how oh, they might interact. <laughs> well, I'm saying will. I'm saying will because we finally noticed in the opening credits there are some Rimmer scenes that we have not seen yet. Mm. Now, possibility that they are flashbacks, 
But given the fact that his head gets engulfed in flame upon opening a locker, and only a hard light hologram would uh, would be able to survive that, I'm going to go ahead and say that Rimmer has to come back by the end of the season. That's my guess. No one tell us. We'll see. No one tell mm. us. Yep. <laughs> or whether Kachansky will still even be around then. Yeah. Who knows? Um, well, hopefully not. <laughs> I want her to stay around forever. Um, But then we see the softer side of Lister. Lister's trying to be nice, and instead of the usual, you know, we back in uh, in uh, hmm, parallel universe, maybe it was. um, He and Rimmer talked about their different strategies for hunting women, bashing them over the head, and dragging (laughs) them back to their caves. but no, Lister is genuinely trying to treat her like a person and do something nice for her in this scene, which I thought was nice. Um, Including offering to I, scrub her back. <laughs> of course he has to do that. Um, but uh, to me, though, and that I think is where I think the character of Kachansky has potential. Uh, Lister can I Can I chip potent- in for a second? No, oh, please. <laughs> I think it's absolutely detrimental to both characters of Lister and Crichton. Because Oh yeah, Crichton Crichton I will agree with you. Yeah. But <laughs> Yeah. So Crichton's becoming a little whiny bitch and mm-hmm. Lister <laughs> Yeah, is is losing himself. And and not being or the character that he himself. was. No, 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 no. No. Well, what Rose was having none of um, it. What, 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 what were Lister's... Okay. Uh, a week before Kachansky came on board. What was Lister's goals? Well, to find Kachansky, <laughs> I guess. But for me... It, oh. <laughs> Lister, to me, he's always had potential. I mean, he uh, learned Esperanto by listening to Rimmer try to study. Right. I mean, so now does um, he need to be so desperate and needy? Well, he's been alone for a long time. But but that, that aside, though, the holiday he's can never only do had. So much. <laughs> <laughs> he's never had any particular reason um, to. He's never had any goals. He's never had any particular reason to try and live up to his full potential. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, the possibility of maybe being the kind of person that Kachansky could love, um, that's a goal for him, I think. And I think that it might lead to him maturing and growing as a person. <laughs> she, she makes him want to be a better man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I just I, now is I, that funny? Well, well maybe not. I, I, <laughs> for me, I, I, I don't well, see we, him as so much as a likable person, character hmm. rather. Well, we'd already seen some character growth in Stoke Me a Clipper. Like instead of just rubbing it in and you know making fun of Rimmer for not living up to being Ace, then he helped him. Like, he was incredibly mature and supportive and everything. So I think this is, you know, we're starting to see a long character growth. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. But, yeah. but I, for me, though, I mean, I don't mind Lister changing a bit. Because I think, 
I was I was very annoyed with Lister very early on in the series. Mm-hmm. And that he didn't really have a particular goal. He wanted to stick cigarettes in his ears, eat lots of vindaloo, and drink. Um, okay, and then what? Uh, you're the last human being alive. That's how you're going to spend your time. Um, yes, but now what you're going to do is you're <laughs> going to chase after an unachievable, uh, unachievable character. Why? Why unachievable? I mean, and he knows that he could, that a version of him was capable of making a relationship work. Well, I guess, but he is very different to him, and that's he is. why he's not funny. Just like <laughs> Rimmer was very. We need different to think to of Ace funny Runner. people. Definitely. Maybe I, I, I'll grant that that, and I've sort of theorized that maybe the show is. Maybe they don't focus as much on on the humor, but to me this was funny too. But um, the difference in this one, and I, 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 I told you this earlier uh, when we weren't recording, but after this episode, I really wanted to pop the next one in to see what happens because we've had character interaction and they're moving in a direction. Now, not that I don't like the show when each episode is sort of unto itself. Hey, look, there's a weird thing in space. Funny, 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 and we escaped. Um, but if there's not an overarching plot, then it's sort of, yeah, I'll catch it when it's on and I'll have a laugh and then I'll move on. Uh, but now if, if we have characters that are interacting and that may have a future together or may not, you know, they, uh, making it more drama character based, that, that's a plus for me. I get that it might not be for a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know. We so, are going to go way next. over on this episode. We are. We haven't Time even gotten ratings. into the Dutch work yet. <laughs> yes, we're almost in that ring, guys. Yeah, okay. All right, let's let's move it on. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, Crichton comes in. Uh, she's she's ooing and gooing over the bath. And Crichton, try, Crichton has a chilling premonition of the future. Oh, don't don't cry, because that's one of my quotes. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys, but that looked awful. Oh, the fade in. Yeah. 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 The effect did. Yeah. Yeah. Not. Not. No. no, I don't. I don't mean the. I don't mean the acting. I mean the effect. Sorry. Blame the writing. But the vision. (laughs) Oh my god! The fake kisses that they give to the gelves. Yes. That that did it for me. Um. And then Crichton goes absolutely freaking insane. Let's talk oh, about Crichton. Okay, this is where I got really angry because I was like, Crichton, okay, rem- go ahead. Yeah, exactly. Oh god, remember back to um, okay, I'm I'm blanking out here. Uh, was it, it wasn't the polymorph? What was the name of the monster that sucked out their their traits? The emu hawk. Yeah, yeah. emu. Uh, the, the first time around, polymorph. Well, yeah, okay, okay, right, right. The first one, and then they called it the emo hawk, and, the, and then okay, good. Uh, so, the episode was uh, uh, emo hawk polymorph too, yeah. Okay, good, good, good. Well, so what was Crichton's defining characteristic? Guilt. Anyone remember? Guilt. Guilt. Yes, overwhelming guilt, and we find out 
by complete accident and never discussed or particularly addressed, uh, probably to do with him accidentally killing his former crew. Guilt and subservience to humans, uh, sort of this self-loathing. Every time there's danger, his first instinct, here, I'll let the monster gnaw on me while you all escape. Um, Mm -hmm. That has been his defining quality. So now, when there's a possibility that he thinks he might get rejected... He risks the lives of... Uh, the ship was hurtling into the sun. And even then, it would have been hurtling into an asteroid field. Yes. That is... This is the... I mean, aside from the annoying bitchy whining, which was getting on my nerves mm-hmm. again, that's the most out-of-character thing Crichton has ever done. Leave the ship powerless, drifting in space, getting hit by asteroids and, and crashing into the sun, because... He thinks that his feelings might get hurt. That is so uncrichton like that the writing that's a black mark against this episode yeah. for me. Yeah. Definitely. I I don't agree, but I'm not I have had enough of arguing on the on the thingy so far. <laughs> <laughs> it's not yeah. worth it. <laughs> anyway. That 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 I got really peeved at the end when I realized what all he was risking there. Aside from the annoying guilt thing, yeah. um, or the annoying jealousy. The whiny, no, no, I actually, yeah, I, I am going to complain about it, right? Go ahead. Right, Crichton has been on that ship for I don't know how long now. He's been away. Four years. He's been, no, he's been on no because he had the um, the bit where they were in stasis. Yeah. yeah like so, oh, yeah. four hundred so, years. Yeah, he's been awake through all that. He didn't put himself in stasis or anything. He's been cleaning up and down, ex- expanding Starbug to make it bigger than it looks, and all that <laughs> lot. And he's be- he's become close to Lister, and mm-hmm. he's he's like well, he's my best friend. Uh, and um, and obviously, all of a sudden, this woman comes on that that he's heard so much about Kachansky. And he's like, oh no, um, I'm going to lose my friend. And he's become paranoid. And it's, it's eroded his, his chip in, in, in his brain and whatever it is. But what, what you said about it's the most uncharacteristic. It, 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 there. Let me try and get the word right. Yeah, most uncharacteristic, yeah. yeah. But you do realise, the moment that he realised that, that Starbug was driving towards the sun that's when he he said right we'll we'll get out of here and we'll try and get it all sorted he mm. won't if if he was really peeved if, he, if he'd not known that they were hurling towards the sun it would have carried on into the because he, yeah. but because <laughs> he knew yes. Lister's, Lister, Lister's life was in danger he was like no I've got this, this is I'm drawing a line under it now this has gone too far and and stopped it. Is 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 just become insecure because he doesn't want to lose his friend. Oh, I, I, I he doesn't, but yeah, yeah, he does. Question though, it, it seems it seems like just a huge risk to take. So him. so question. <laughs> yes, um, they're in the ducks, okay? Yes, mm-hmm. and they didn't. He didn't. Know, uh, and uh, that uh, at one point they didn't know they were going towards the sun. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. And it was Crichton's. It wasn't Crichton's intention to go into the sun. Okay. Mm-hmm. What happens if they were still in the ducks, all all evening, all the time? 
they couldn't get out the ducks. Mm-hmm. They would have got out the ducks because they could have. It would have gone back the way they came, which they did. That was only due to an accident. Yeah, but Crichton still had a map. Yeah, I mean, he was going the wrong way by accident. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. They wouldn't have been stuck in the ducks. Sorry, every time we say ducks, I hear ducks. I'm, I'm quite quack. <laughs> I'm hearing quite quack as well. <laughs> I know, but I'm, I'm, all I'm saying it was, and I'm going ahead on this episode here, it was Lister's <laughs> idea to ride the surf, as it were. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter what Crichton thought. If Lister didn't r- had the idea to ride the surf, they wouldn't have come out where they come from. Speaking yeah. of riding the surf, did anyone see the tracks on on the floor? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I saw the yeah, tracks. I, I think that's pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah. That was the bit. I was like, oh dear god. That but was, it was still bad. a cute that was, idea. Yeah, I just that they used the same scene of the um, going past that little checkered window, what mm. three times? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've to got, me, I've got, so... I've got a, a lot more on that one, which, which we'll talk about when we get there. We're there. Talk about it. Okay. Yeah, so, much. well, let's see. Well, first off, though, okay, we we'll find not. out about Lister's claustrophobia. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, they even mentioned, though, that that's been sporadic throughout the series. Uh, they sort of hang a lantern on that one. Uh, let's see. And then, yeah, the scene that I really loved here was Kachansky distracting Lister with the the exploits of um, her her fake gay boyfriend Lister, yeah, and all of the other fake gay people, mm-hmm. Ben Bob, Ben Bob, Ben Bob. That's what you called him. But here's where her acting really comes through because her dialogue is not. I, I mean, you know, I like it, but it could have been written better, but. The way she's saying it, you can really tell she's lying all the way through. She's just making stuff up as she goes along. <laughs> I thought that was lovely. Yeah. Okay, so what did you have to say about the ducks? Quack. Quack. Quack, 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 final scene with them riding the surf was mm-hmm. was done outside. The high pressure hoses came from firemen. Oh, that's dangerous. Mm. They had to do it or they had to do it outside because there was too much too much electronics in the studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So which um actor got uh, deathly ill or injured? <laughs> I'm, I'm, gu- I'm guessing because he's wearing the costume as well, Robert Llewellyn for some reason. Oh yeah, he... uh, <laughs> yeah. Crichton's costume was so battered by the water it was virtually destroyed. Oh no! Yeah, he, yeah it was. All, he was also carrying a map which was so soggy it fell to pieces. Hold <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, those. Uh, and I'm, and I'm, tr- I am trying to. Uh, word this quote from an interview and trying to ex- ex- um, exterminate all the expletives. Exterminate? Mm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, 
And I'm not going to bother because I can't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. Well, you know, they set them on fire occasionally. Why not turn high-pressure water hoses on them? They're only actors. Well, oh, okay. I, I just, I just say, I just say this though. Uh, I thought this is it. I'm going to die on Red Dwarf. If you set your VCR and pause it, you can see Chloe in the middle acting. And e- on either side, there are two men who are actually drowning. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Uh, and I've got this I've got, scene directed sorry, by Bull Connors. <laughs> I've got a quote from Chloe as well. Uh, God, I think I was a bit of a girl about that. Actually, I was saying, "Oh, do you think it's going to hurt?" And they were going, "For God's sake, shut up!" <laughs> Robert was very sweet about it, though. And I become really good friends with all of them. It's like f- having four elder brothers who, that, who, who would take care of you. But how many elder brothers? Four. <laughs> no, no, they could have done the. Because the thing is, the previous episode, she was in the scene with Vimmer, wasn't she? We love you, Shane. <laughs> yes, she was. Exactly. So that's not a spoiler. Justified. So, um, another, uh, okay, whether you liked this episode or not, <laughs> or whatever your feelings about Kachansky, the cat lister scene, mm-hmm. come on. Come on. You gotta give credit for, for that one. <laughs> Are you talking to me? Himself. Yeah. <laughs> did, did, oh, okay, was, was, was that one not good for you either? It, it was good, yeah, yeah. And all the other to frap. <laughs> so, um, one thing I, I really noticed, though, and I, we can't talk about that scene because it's all going to be quoted, so let's just not. But um, is when they are starting to run away from the water. Uh, Craig Charles stands up and is bent double yes. and flat out runs. He must have been in amazing shape. Ow. That hurts. Running down a tunnel bent uh, double like that. Uh-huh. When Just... you're in danger, you will do anything. Oh, that's true. I suppose they were actually trying to drown them. <laughs> so, you know. It's awesome. Question, right? Shane, I don't know if you know this. You know the bit where the, um, the, 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 the when they were drying the ducks? Yeah. <laughs> and Cat and Lister were holding on to the roof bit. The chick, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I'm just guessing at, at how that scene was done. Mm. Um, they held on, and off camera, someone would like pulled the legs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Any confirmation? I on on that particular one, I don't. Okay. Uh, I do know, however, it was the actors who were resetting the uh, surfboard, as it were. <laughs> Now, now I will okay. say in, that I I didn't sorry. like the sped up camera thing when they were tumbling down the tumbling, duct. Yeah. Okay, that was bit that was bad. Yeah. Yeah. That was terrible. I mean, it would have been better if they hadn't sped up the film. I guess they did it to hide how fake it was, but it just made it look even more fake. Yeah, at least to do it tipple tails wasn't that funny. Yeah. Whenever there's a scene where you want to put Zachary Sacks all, all over it, then 
Or yakety sax. Yeah. <laughs> Zackety sax. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. We find out why Lister's claustrophobic. And Long story. This happens, and yeah, that happens. What is cheese slice snap? Right, cheese. <laughs> <laughs> now this I don't know. Is I it do. sort of like wizard snap? <laughs> no, cheese slice snap. I can only assume it is right. You get a slice of processed cheese. In in manages Derrily. You know the cheese, cheese slices. Yeah, uh, American nice. cheese, as it's called here. Yeah. Yeah. And you take it out of this cellophane packaging, wherever it is, and then you bend it over, and you try not to snap it because it cracks and snaps. Oh. Okay. Unless, okay. unless it's cheese slice snap, where they've drawn playing cards onto the cheese slices and <laughs> snap. It could be one of those two. Or maybe they're gambling for cheese slices. By playing snap. By playing snap. Possibly. Oh, um, Kachansky says she is accounted for. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. And that scene. Yeah, between uh, Kachansky and Crichton there. Um, there's possibly the dirtiest line that has ever been on Red Dwarf. <laughs> We all know what it is. <laughs> the the roasted peanut metaphor, it got a bit weird there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, anyway. <sighs> I'm, like, blushing over that line. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, felt my face go hot. I'm just trying to think how on purpose was it? Is there any way that uh, they didn't intend for it to be taken in that way? I don't think so. <laughs> I think it must have been on purpose. Can I just sit right? I didn't think... I, I thought the other part was more um, uh, dirty than the peanut bit. Oh, that one, too. The rusty gate. Uh, but that one was oh, a bit more... Yeah. On the nose, this one was a bit well, more point. like yeah. descriptive. <laughs> and then you see now here, and there. This is where I think. So they talked about the cottage cheese with pineapple chunks earlier, but I really think it was just to get this payoff here. Um, uh, when the line comes back, mm-hmm. and that she looks at him, you know, like cottage cheese, but never. Ever for the pineapple chunks. To me, I mean, that. I, I think they were just setting up a line there. I don't think they were necessarily aiming for let's play with all the female stereotypes any more than they are with Lister with let's eat all of the curry. Um, but, you know, that's me. If it annoys folks, okay, it annoys them. I don't care. Uh, it, I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it will. And I go back to my thing about the, it being a boys' club. And I'd also like to bring up the gay thing. Shall mm, I do that? Yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> before you, before you do, Rosie. Okay. So, <laughs> I want. I'm wait. I'm going to get to this later, but I want to drop a bombshell. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Go back. Go ahead, Rosie. 
You're not coming out, are you, Shane? Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because no, if no, you no, were, no. that would totally be okay. But <laughs> no, 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 Well, you do have a lovely mustache, which, according to Lister, is all that's required. Yeah, so. I totally didn't get that one. That must no, have been dated. So, so I'm wait. I'm been waiting all the episode to drop a bombshell on you guys, and it's going to have to wait until we finish the episode. But yeah, no, tell us now. Tell us now, Shane. No, I'm going to wait. Okay, fine. Rosie was talking about the gay thing. <laughs> well, I think that a lot of people think that Lister's reaction to his other self is homophobic. No. No. And um, I just wanted to bring up that I didn't think it was because I think, you know, you'd feel very confused in yourself if if you found that I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well well based on the um the theory that every decision you make and an alternative universe is created for the other decision there's probably <laughs> a, there, it probably is a gay list somewhere with a big handlebar mustache. <laughs> that depends on if you define sexual orientation by choice or by you know being born yeah. with it. Genetic predisposition yeah. or the like. Yeah. Which I, is a whole nother can of worms. It really is. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> Maybe I, let's not go yeah, there. No. <laughs> that, that's, that's a good point though, Rosie. Because, yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely see where some folks might have been uncomfortable with that, but again, they're dealing with parallel dimension selves and trying to figure out, okay, you're in love with me, but not me, other me. And who is this other me? So it's, yeah, I, I think the fact that it is sci-fi and that they're dealing with things that um, are just a bit beyond your your average um, uh, encounters with uh, themes like homosexuality, I, I, I don't find it particularly disturbing. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe coupled with him calling someone Bent Bob. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what, Lister? I can totally believe that that is Lister's affectionate nickname for somebody, and that Bent Bob might not have minded at all. Okay. And (laughs) I will... Just because he's Lister. Go back to the fact that I don't think that Lister would have minded that at all, and that would have been his affectionate nickname. And that's what makes him that character. And that's why I struggle with him with Kachansky in this episode. Hmm. Because... Ah, we we don't need to do that again. We gotta finish the episode. (laughs) We do. Oh my goodness. Okay. One of the things that... uh, We watched the extended version first. And then we watched the um, a one with the laugh track and stuff cut out of it. And they cut out one scene that I both really loved and really hated at the same time. Uh, the whole, um, you know, Lister talking about how he used to, how he was at the orphanage and some kid was having a seizure. Um <laughs> And then Kachansky talking about her wild times after getting out of cyber school. I, for the Lister one, I was like, 
Okay, here's another long, sort of sad story about his past life. He's getting kind of maudlin in this. But then when she's joking about her time off the rails after cyber school, then I loved it. And then Kat's fantastic explanation about why the world revolves around him was one of my favorite Kat moments. Just across the board. Yes. Kat's character in a nutshell. It's like he's body embodying uh, the theories of Descartes and how, you know, I think, therefore I am. <laughs> I experience things, Kat. therefore I am. Yeah, or for Cat, um, I experience things, uh, therefore the world exists. Mm-hmm. He is literally the center of his universe. I loved it. Again, I thought that was a really good scene. And again, it was the second instance where Kachansky sort of, you know, telling about her supposed uh, uh, bad times and, and Lister's like, oh, really? And she was like, no. <laughs> She's just sort of... Not really. Having him having him be just a little bit gullible uh, when he's listening to her. I, I find that very believable that she can sort of spin a tale. Because she knows Lister, or at least a version of Lister, and... Yeah, again, they have that weird chemistry. So, I don't know. And then they start flying uh, into the sun. Yes. Then Crichton kills them all. <laughs> like he tends to do. <laughs> I just do not see this version of Kachansky at as as Lister's mate and, and someone that he'd fall for. I just don't. <laughs> I'd see this Kachansky as someone anyone would fall for. I'd fall for her. I would too. (laughs) Oh, really? So you're just going against... (laughs) The thing is, right, there are five people on a ship in outer space. They're going to have to get on with everyone. They even got on with rumor at times. So they're going to get on with someone. And plus (sighs) the fact that um, she's a human female... Lister is going to want to get his rocks off. So I, that's obviously I, why you can I, see Lister I, falling for Kachansky. Right. I can see that, Paul. And that's fine. Why did you just... You just said, I can't see that. I, I don't understand why. I what you saying. Fine. So you see saying. them having sex, but not a relationship. Just go back to the flashback. Oh, the flash forward type thing that... That Crichton had. Yeah, I don't give that much credence at all. She's just not the character that I imagine that Lister would be with. The old Kachansky. Beggars can't be choosers. That's the only (laughs) woman she's. That's not my point. And I think after um, so many years without female company, I think Lister (laughs) would get with um, with anything. I get what you're saying, Rosie. I don't necessarily agree, but yeah, you're saying that that Lister, his whole thing, he's been hung up on Kachansky for so long, and so you've had an idea of the kind of person she was that he fell for, like he did before the accident, and she's not really meeting your expectations there. Yes, because she was yeah. a little bit more... Common, Bush. sassy, pretty, mm-hmm. 
and yeah, but, um, so I you're saying his type is someone named Tiffany who <laughs> wears crotchless panties and with a laugh like a freshly wounded, wounded moose. moose tied to a <laughs> truck. Says something instead of something. Yeah. Now I get what well, you're saying because uh, and yeah, uh, the woman before she was very much like that. It, it actually took me by surprise that this Kachansky ended up being so posh. Mm-hmm. But then again, in the novels, she was learning Japanese. Yeah, I think she was clever. But I don't think she was quite like Chloe and X's character. And I only can well, say at this point that I love Chloe and again, but she was badly written for. Okay. Well, but, uh, so Lister and Kachansky. All right, so in the timeline, now I think they sort of changed the timeline when they were explaining things, but uh, and, but this was in the novel as well. For Kachansky, Lister was sort of a rebound deal after um, Officer Smeghead, I don't remember his name. Tim. Uh, Tom. Du- Tim or okay. Tom. Tom. One of the two. Tim Tom. Okay, so after Officer Tim Tom uh, dumped her. So she, instead of dating another officer, she goes for sort of the bad boy, the sort of layabout Lister. Um, they have amazing sex, which she said, you know, and they spent most of their time in uh, in his bed eating curry. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- and then eventually she says, okay, I'm, that's not really what I'm looking for. He doesn't have much ambition. I'm moving on. So, okay, maybe Lister wasn't necessarily her type, or at least Lister as he was then. But maybe for Lister that time meant more to him than it did to her. Like, he's thinking, okay, this is the kind of person that I, that I want to be with. But now that I've, you know, sort of actually been with someone and maybe for a couple of weeks and started having conversations with them and, and things were going well, and then he was really heartbroken when she broke it off. So maybe he's not necessarily her type, but maybe he was kind of realizing that that she could be his type. <laughs> we're just so, not well, I mean, I, <laughs> We're not. <laughs> anyway, but I mean, to me, it's not necessarily con- contradictory uh, to what we, to what's been established so far. No, I can... As different as she is from the original actress. Yes, I can absolutely see that. And, and, and yes, in the books, I would agree with you. But in the series, I would not. Is that fair okay. enough? Sure. Okay. Sure. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's see. Where do we get to? Okay. Well, they're in the ducks. They have oh, lots God. of meaningful conversations. Uh, Crichton admits that he tried to kill them all. Um, and then they do go surfing. They kill a few actors with high pressure hoses in a civil rights disaster. Um, <laughs> then let's see. Okay. Okay. So they get out of the ducks. Um, and the look that Cat <laughs> is giving Crichton is amazing. <laughs> Just go back and look at it. You won't be able to see anything else in the scene. Like Cat looks he's like horrifyingly scary. <laughs> he, he's about to to skin Crichton like he did his his family members and make a suit out of it. <laughs> um, it, it was it was quite amazing. I had to go back and watch it again until he look watch Cat. Watch cats. <laughs> he doesn't even say anything. He doesn't have to. 
And then the ending joke, uh, with Kachansky having Crichton make the sounds and hitting him with the wrench. I, that I thought was a bit slapstick for what had gone before in the episode. I think it went uh, on a oh, bit Oh, but long. before that, it did, it did. Before that, though, they did something really funny. Uh, Shane, you had talked about how uh, Doug had said that, okay, we're bringing on this new character, Mm -hmm. so the audience may feel this way about her. We're going to have Crichton not like her to sort of have the audience understand that we acknowledge that point of view, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what Crichton did here, talking about um, that it was a journey for her and blah, blah, and rite of passage and bonding and all that, um, I think they were sort of describing the purpose of the episode, (laughs) Like, that wasn't just a Crichton speech. That was, okay, in case you missed it, what we tried to do here with this episode was have have her bond with the crew and tell lots of stories. And Yeah. I think they're just being being very fourth wall clever there. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> and also sort of subverting a woman joke. Like, you know, women mm-hmm. are supposed to appreciate the emotional journey and bonding with people and relationships and she's like no I, i'm just gonna torture you with a spanner mm-hmm. yeah and this is this is the part where <clears throat> the actors of red dwarf get hurt oh yes it's actually it's actually at this part hmm. when he was hit, being hit over the head with the spanner it was actually going through the pathetic <laughs> Of course it was. <laughs> so, hit, so here's Chloeanna hitting oh Robert the Weather over the head with, with the spanner, and he's going down. He's she's thinking he's laughing. Wait, this was an actual metal. This wasn't a prop. This was a full weight metal. No, spanner. no, it, I, 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 I'm pretty sure it probably was a, um, a prop. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if you're still being hit over the head with something. Sure. You know, it's still gonna, it's still gonna hurt. <laughs> and yes, she thought he was laugh, she was laughing, and um, in fact, it was actually, she was, it was actually um, in a little bit of pain, shall we say? Yeah. How bad was the concussion? It wasn't. There was. No, I don't think there was a, <laughs> a concussion, but it was a, it was a, it wasn't just a light tap on the head, shall we say? <laughs> <laughs> That, that reminds me of in, um, the fifth Harry Potter movie where uh, Helena Bonham Carter is manhandling uh, Matthew Lewis, guy who plays Neville, and goes so crazy that she sticks her wand in his ear and busts his eardrum. Oh. <laughs> she was very apologetic after Crazy. that. <laughs> She's method, too. <laughs> Now, she didn't have to go and actually carve things into uh, Emma Watson's arm. I mean, that was going a bit far. But... Forced her to cut her hair. <laughs> and we're at, the episode, we're at the end of the episode now, aren't we? We are. We are. We, in just an hour and a half, we have talked about this 30-minute episode. We were okay. like, okay, guys, we're going to get this done. Okay, no. this is where I drop the bombshell. Oh, no. Uh, this was our last minute. I'm giving you a drum. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> this episode wasn't meant to happen. 
this episode was a last minute replacement for another episode that got cancelled. Was that was the episode that got cancelled? The um... don't don't say anything because we'll be reviewing it later on down the road. Hmm. I was actually unintentionally spoiled by that. Ah, uh, were you? Yeah. Okay. I didn't I mean to be, and I don't me. actually remember what I read that. Okay. Uh, hinted at that, but. But it was it was filmed at necessity because they ran out of money. Hmm. Um, well, this was a low-budget episode, definitely, yeah. which I have no problem with. Yes, so that they've completely run out of money. That's why it's done um, on very minimal sets, no guest cast, and, and no um, like model work or anything. Yep. So you could say the script was written in sh- at short notice. Yeah. So, maybe there's a reason why you don't like the script, Rosie, because it was a short notice script. No. You can forgive me. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. She's not <laughs> bad in this argument. This. All right, don't all right. even Just try leave it. it. Leave it, leave it, leave it then. I can't no, be I, this no, I'm not going to leave it. I, I, I think he was trying, I think he was trying to agree with you, Rosie, saying that, that maybe it was a bit rushed and that, you know, there were some areas that they could have done better. <laughs> I think that everyone compares it to, <laughs> everyone compares it to Marooned. Mm-hmm. Um, and Did that should, yes. Because that's a bit compared to Marooned. Yeah, I hear it. It was time. one of the first, yeah, it was one of the first thoughts I had, yeah. Uh, I've got a quote from Robert the Welland actually on here. Uh, Doug Naylor needed a replacement script and it needed to be cheap. So the pressure was on. He's a genius. There's no other word for it. He really is extraordinary. I think as a writer, I know those walls that you hit. And I know what that Doug said for the last one we recorded. He was sitting in the room alone with a screen and everyone was going, Oh, Doug, can you do it? He, uh, he's great. Can you write? He can write one when he's under pressure. And he was just sitting there going, I haven't got a... In clue. <laughs> how can I, how can I write under pressure? How can I write, particularly in circumstances with the cast and crew in the studio, whistling and tapping their fingers? Come on, love, when you're ready. <laughs> oh, I couldn't do it. It must be awful. Yeah. And as I said, because it was um, done as a replacement episode, it was actually do- it was actually filmed last. Now, what you said that it was meant to come after. Yeah. It was filmed last, but it was meant it's, to be... It was filmed last. But it was uh-huh. meant to be, it, it, like, sent. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Good, good. And the, so the reason why it was uh, that was because it would replace the script. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, to me, it... It did not feel last minute to me. Mm. Um, I... It, it was as smooth uh, and... I mean, I know she was introduced technically in the last episode, but to me, this was as good an introduction to the character as as I could have wanted. Um, and having a dialogue-heavy, special effects light sort of episode, I think, is a very good way to do that. I mean, the the last thing you'd want to do would be like introduce a new character, and then the next episode have very little dialogue and be based on a film trick. That would be really weird. Um, but yeah. 
I should I should point out majority of the interviews I've been saying in this episode actually do come from interviews at the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Cool. Um. So yes, I specifically said I specifically picked out these interviews for non-spoilery comments. Okay. Awesome. Well, <clears throat> I um. I have to think, and I've said this in the last... I said this after Stoke Me a Clipper. I have to think that future events in some way are influencing how people are perceiving some of these episodes. But I don't know. We'll see. Maybe uh, maybe it's just going to well, be... You, you say that, but as I said to you earlier on about uh, the Better Than Life poll... Yeah, I mean, you don't have to... But still, that's... But that's at the end of the season. Yeah. That, 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 is, that is true. That is very, very true. But well, we'll see. Mm. It could just be that uh, that you know people like different things about the mm. show, and this is it's a very different sort of feeling show at this point. Yeah. And and people, I guess, who were um, just really used to and and really appreciate uh, the earlier seasons sort of setup, I can get where it could be disconcerting. Um, for them to sort of shift tone and and start changing uh, the formula around a bit, but to me, it's it's working. So I, I may end up being in the in the middle around that, but that's that's kind of where I am now. And I do have to say, if anyone gets really angry with us liking the show, we like Red Dwarf. <laughs> Who cares why yes. we like Red Dwarf? <laughs> we like it. Hey, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's not saying we didn't like it. No, before. no, or but... that. In fact, I mean, there's still earlier episodes that I, that I, I, I rate higher than some of the. Well, maybe not Stoke Me a Clipper yeah. because that one was just awesome. But uh, earlier episodes that that I like as well or better. But just you know, the show's working for me right yeah. now. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's about the what we had to say about the episode. Any more points? Yes. Before we okay, okay. get it. <laughs> I think it's fantastic that you like season seven and I don't think you should give up your guns in any way and I also agree with you about backwards. Yay! Can I say that? <laughs> that's, that's two so far. Um, I have to... Sorry, sorry, Rosie, you go ahead. Yeah, shut up, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> feel to the to this season and I just think that there are obviously lots of good and bad points about all of the series and I can Mm. I can't imagine having to jump into it at this point Mm. Mm. so true I don't know Good luck with that. It would be really weird. <laughs> See, yeah, we're, but we're not jumping in. We've been no, 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 I know, I know. <laughs> I think it would be really weird. Somebody who started on series seven yeah. and then like started watching series three episodes, mm-hmm. they'd be like, "What the hell?" Mm-hmm. And series seven, they wouldn't get half the jokes because they're so referential. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you have to know. Yeah, you know. Doug Naylor seems big on that. He he likes callbacks. 
it seems like. Mm -hmm. Yes, he likes continuity, and Russ Grant went more for the jokes, I think. Rob. Uh, Yes, Rob Grant. Okay. Okay. Uh, Shane, what what were you going to say before uh, Rosie punched you in the (laughs) head? I'm I'm just going to say that since day one, since day one, since since when we started this episode as uh, intro cast, <coughs> I always knew you were both going to like this episode. Aww. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know a shame. That makes me feel good. <laughs> it does. Uh, All right. Well, uh, let's <laughs> stop here. Oh, go ahead, Paul. I was asking if it was time for an advert. Why, yes it is, Paul. Here's one now. (laughs) You think your show is safe? It is an illusion. A comforting lie told to protect you. Enjoy these final moments of peace. For I have returned to make a podcast. Welcome to First Contact, a Star Trek The Next Generation intro cast. Cadet Alex Newsom reporting for duty. Permission to come aboard and be keen, sir. I actually think they nailed down Picard quite well in the pilot. That's it. I am done with Star Trek. This is terrible. It's almost as if we're saying they're uncivilised. It was fortuitous that we did our worst that early on. And what sort of game are you looking for today? Would it be mental, physical, mystery, or... Jordy, I mean, as we know about his character, he is blind. Is Jordy blind? I, I didn't he, know that. He is. <laughs> First Contact, the next generation intro cast. Available now at thespoilers.com. And on iTunes. I can't think of anything that could really be quite so against what I take to be the the core idea of Star Trek. Alright, and it is time for some feedback. And let's see all the people who agree with us about how awesome this episode is. Oh, it's going to be so amazing. Um, They're going to be all like, yes, this is the best episode ever. Thank goodness we have Kachansky now. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Jonathan Kep says, I think my favorite thing about Duck Soup, uh, <laughs> Duck Soup, um, is the revelation that women are a bit different to men sometimes, <clears throat> that Lister thinks gay people must have mustaches, and that Crichton's character can be completely dismantled in service to a crappy bottle episode's plot. Uh, I don't disagree with you on your last point. Yeah. Um, in case anyone is still unclear, I do not rate this episode much. <laughs> And then some crazy chick hacked her face. I know. She's like... And then Paul Rogers is wrong when he says worst episode ever. I like the periods behind each one. He's still wrong. Yes. <laughs> well, he's... Yeah, that's the Simpsons. Worst episode ever. ever. <laughs> um, uh, Chris Riley see. says... Um, I expect to attract your eternal contempt and damnation for what follows, but I'm going to pipe up and say I actually quite like duck soup. Uh, it's always going to be infamous for the first episode that features no AJR, but I think it's not the disaster that some make it out to be. Certainly not in the same case as uh, Tika, certainly not in class. the same class as Tika or Stoke. Um, 
That would be an awesome name for an episode. Tika or Stoke. Sorry. Uh, But I've always been a sucker for a few characters slash tight locations slash lots of dialogues kind of episode. So I enjoyed this aspect of it. I do agree that the characterization of Crichton as an emotional wreck grates, especially in this episode. No arguments there. Um, Overall, not a bad showing. Uh, However, given it was a script produced in the 11th hour. The 11th hour. (laughs) Phil Baker says, I do like the the cat very much in this episode. Don't uh, use the quote. Some, some quotes there, quotes there. Uh, I like Lister's story about how he became claustrophobic. Uh, you can tell that the episode is a little underwritten, especially in the dialogue scenes between Kachansky and Crichton. I liked them. Okay, sorry. <laughs> uh, the cottage cheese with pineapple chunks and sections are especially weak. One of my favorite jokes. I built the episode up to be in the same style as Marooned on the first broadcast. Of course, Marooned outclasses this in every way. But there are laughs to be had, and the water surfing section against the grate looks fantastic in the opening titles. How did Kachansky get Kat's coat on? Uh, when did that happen? Uh, when they was, sat on the... Yeah. They start just oh. before they went surfing. Mm. Ewan Ancorn says, I cannot stand this episode. It was not If it was not already apparent in the robberous, Duck Soup is really where Ribbon's absence starts to show. Which the first one Exactly. Crying <laughs> Kachansky stuff is just terrible. Crying in two episodes has gone from spook to being a whiny, jealous, and thoroughly unlikable character. Meanwhile, Kachansky is just badly written with every lame woman joke shoved in everywhere. The bits in the vents itself does have its moments. Said. <laughs> like the cat and listen scene but it, it's not enough to make up for the rest of this very poor episode also am I the only one who's really freaked out by the pipe noises no Rosie <laughs> yes can I say my thing now what thing nothing <laughs> what <laughs> Don't look at me, I have no idea. Anyway, um, Sam... You uh, do. Sam, yes, I do, but... You know, yeah, maybe uh, <laughs> Shane, don't read the last last sentence of that one. Just my quote. Yeah. No quotes. <laughs> uh, the episode has very little comedy material, like Sam Highland. I love the shot of Lister and Cat being blown down the air vent, rolling over each other, but other than... But other than that, the crew being pushed by water <laughs> down the vent and this destroyer way claustrophobic is just not great. The cast had a great time filming it. It is certainly not the worst episode of Red Dwarf, but it is definitely one of the lower tier episodes. It's just like Marooned, except all except the, with the whiny, stupid Croton and without the interesting backstories, camaraderie, <laughs> jokes, and likability. And then he does a quote. Yeah. Um, see, it's amazing how differently people I know. this episode. I was I just flabbergasted. Like, I'm like, no interesting backstories. Well, there's Lister's claustrophobia that you just mentioned, and then going to school inside a computer, and then and again, yeah, what, and what he liked about it, um, the rolling down the vent and the being pushed by water, I considered like sort of half-assed a- action scenes to move the plot along. 
Um, See, so it's amazing. Yeah, we're like as uh, that's as opposite a take on the episode from mine as there could possibly be. It was amazing. Yeah. Friday like, oh, well. when I posted this, you know, to leave feedback, I like got addicted to checking the Facebook page because I was just amazed at how different our opinions were. I was like, what's the next one going to be? <laughs> Nick, yes. Nick Ridley says, great episode for cat material, though. Really? Mm. There was some good cat material. Mm. Yeah, there was. But can mm. I say something at this point? No. Go on, then. Sure, sure. <laughs> Love <your resume>. Well, <laughs> this one ends in pretty much the same one that Maroon did, in that we pretty much have to put up with annoying Crichton. Crichton. Mm-hmm. He was mm. annoying in that one, too. He wasn't very well established and marooned. Yes, but he was still annoying. Was, it's been so long. I'm trying to remember what he did in marooned. All I remember was the is the conversations between Lister and yeah. and Rimmer. That was the first one he filmed, and yeah. he came in right at the end. And it was such an annoying accent. Yeah, I don't and, think he had as. Oh, that's when I started right. calling him Cryonu. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> and okay. he made the stupid. <laughs> Thing. I think I really peeved people with that too. <laughs> but you should do. <laughs> oh. Well, hey, at least I didn't have a dragon burning the target. What sort of psycho would do that? <laughs> and Phil Baker, uh, Sam Highland okay. agrees with great cat material. Here's where it was missing episode would have been better to watch. Mm. Oh, yeah. yes. Yes, 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 yes. And then Phil Baker says. Just noticed that Chang Chi's using an iPad in the first scene. Mm-hmm. I don't know how mm-hmm. we came up with that because it wasn't. Also, the note, the opening title sequence without the drop frame effects in the extended version, blah blah. Indeed. It was a paper notepad. That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was pen and paper. And, and Star Spanner. Trek. In Star Trek, they use iPads all the time. Mm-hmm. In fact, they're called pads. Yeah. Uh, personal access data device or personal something data device. Shall we get on to ratings? No, we shouldn't because we've got we've got one more piece of feedback to write. Yes. Out, read out. Oh yes, here I got it here. Uh, let's see, we have an email <gasps> from Stephen Fletcher. Is this our very first uh, email? Possibly. We might have had uh, seven first se- season. But Se- anyway. Stephen Fletcher. He says, like Ticket to Ride and Arubrus, uh This is one of my. This is one that my ten-year-old self uh, didn't initially get on with. But now it's definitely one of my favorites. Uh, like those episodes, I also preferred to watch the extended versions when I watched them. I thought Kachansky came off quite well, and I liked the little moments between her and Lister, such as him giving her his quarters for the night, making a bath for her, and getting her some new clothes. I also liked the moments between the characters and the Duts. Uh, quack, quack. Uh, I tend to enjoy uh, what are referred to as bottle episodes of TV shows, yes, uh, and this one is no exception. It's in the style of Marooned, and while it's not as successful as that episode, I still think it's very good in its own right. It's one I'm really fond of, and I think it's quite an underrated episode. Aww. Thanks for putting a vote into yay this episode. <laughs> we have one that says it's not horrible. And one that says he likes it. Yeah. All right. There we go. <laughs> you know, I do wonder, and this is and this is just supposition on my part, but like he says the situation here. Um, 
if somebody were watching the series first run, so 12 years old, they're watching the funny episodes, then the show goes away for four years and comes back, and suddenly it's this Mm -hmm. sort of relationship drama. Yeah, I can see them really, really hating this episode. And especially since you've been waiting for Red Dwarf to return for four years, then two episodes in, your favorite character's gone. I would be pissed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then they start throwing in relationship drama instead of slapstick. Yeah. They're like, what is this? So, maybe so. Okay. Uh, well, that's our feedback. Um, thank you for feedback. So if you would like to be like a trailblazer Stephen Fletcher and send us email, you can send us that at uh, the Red Dwarf Podcast at gmail.com. That's spelled Gmail. Uh, you can also hop on the Facebook group and uh, post, you know, just how wrong we are and how we're just blind idiots for th- not thinking that this is the worst thing ever created. Bring on the hate. Um, you, yeah. Br- yeah, <laughs> We can take it. Um <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Uh, you can Twitter at us at twitter.com slash intro, And you can hop on to the iTunes and maybe rate us and maybe subscribe and, you know, that'd be cool. Special note on that. Yes. So here's the thing, guys. Um, we're getting a few more listeners nowadays and um, we're having plenty of space on Podbean, but our streaming uh, per month is starting to edge over uh, toward the 100%. Like I've noticed near the end of the month, we're getting closer each month to maxing out. So if I could ask, um, you know, we'd we love for you to listen any way that you can. Uh, but if it's convenient, uh, it's probably better to go ahead and download the episode instead of streaming. And that way you're just downloading it once and you can listen to it uh, off and on as often as you want instead of... Uh, getting into streaming each time i think that probably uh hits the bandwidth a little bit harder so you know maybe download if if it's convenient if if you need to stream stream uh we're just glad to be listened to anyway so okay uh feedback and oh it's ratings time i wonder (laughs) what rosie is going to rate this episode okay so just go ahead because i can't really hear you uh, I will right. give it a uh, five out of ten. Oh, actually more generous than I thought. Yeah, uh, drops down into the shower. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Shane. Uh, I really hated this episode when it first aired, <laughs> and I mean hated it. However, over the past. 16 years or so it's actually really grown on me so I'm going to go somewhere in the middle actually so I'm actually going to give it 8.5 squeelicles out of 10 wow that is incredibly generous (laughs) Paul 8.5 is somewhere in the middle Hmm. Okay. Well, for him, well, can, he generally uh, rates high. Well, con- considering without uh, considering I said it's really, really grown on me. I mean, I probably would have, if without that, I'd probably actually would, would rate it an eleven or a twelve. Ooh. <laughs> wow. I mean, I, I do. So yes. Okay. All right. My turn, and I I do like this episode. Oh, I, 
I think it. I like. I like it more so than I did last time because I watched it again recently. <laughs> about, uh, but I, I think what Rosie said about Kachansky was wrong. I was right. I just think you need to see it as a show, as it is, and not of what what's happened and like with Rimmer and stuff like that. Just. And Can I stop you there, Paul, for a no, second? No, no, I'm rating. I don't okay. want another argument. I can't be asked with another argument. We've had too many arguments on this show, and I'm I'm worn out <laughs> of arguments. I'm a bit. Uh, we'll, we'll argue again in another episode. Um, okay. I will give this seven and a half out of ten. Um, little miniature Kachansky suits. Yeah. <laughs> that were already on the hanger for some reason. <laughs> Love, how about you? Um, I don't think that it's a surprise to anyone, especially apparently not Shane, um, that I really enjoyed this episode. I had a ball. Um, I wanted to rewatch it as soon as I was done with it. it it was just it was my cup of tea um, or it was my pot of cottage cheese so I will uh, give it 9 out of 10 um, uh, packed bags of heads <laughs> <laughs> um, for me uh, I'll tell you I, I laughed uh, so much watching this episode uh, with, with especially with the Kachansky parts and with uh, some of the cat parts so I you know I could almost just give it a 10 because of how much I laughed but uh, but I will not mainly because I have to acknowledge um, I can't let them get away with the Crichton stuff um, whiny Crichton is really annoying I could almost come to terms with that Except that he's also trying to kill people now. Reckless endangerment because of his, Yeah, reckless endangerment Crichton. Um, because of his uh, weird fantasies about what might possibly happen. Which really shows a lack of faith in Lister, I mm. think. And sort of a weird view of women. Um, that annoys me a lot. So, it's getting a full point off for that. Uh, however, just for the sake of how funny it was for me. Uh, I'm going to give it 9 out of 10 um, uh, out-of-character homicidal crites. <laughs> I have done a bad so, job. You yes, weren't going to convince us. <laughs> they couldn't convince us about backwards? Not going to convince us about this I know. one. And we like the episode! We like a red dwarf thing. That is not a bad but thing. Apparently we, apparently we like the wrong one. Oh, well. <laughs> Um, that's like you people cannot think, that's accept what, Crichton being like that. Not that hey, that annoys me. And and you, if if not for the rest of the episode hitting really really well for me, and just it was such a better introduction to a character than Crichton got. I think. Yeah. Um. Back back when he came on the show. So, it, if not for me just laughing uproariously watching this episode, I would be scathingly pissed off at the Crichton stuff. Okay. Um, but I'm I'm able to overlook it. Okay. Let's do quotes. I hope it changes. Let's Let do quotes. Let us do quotes. Okay. Somebody do a quote. I'm doing a quote. Um, <laughs> okay. I've seen the way you look at him. What way? 
I'm seeing the way. What way? Like he's a pot of cottage cheese with pineapple chunks in. How could you say that? I have never looked at him like a pot of cottage cheese with pineapple chunks in. Maybe once or twice plain cottage cheese, but never, ever with pineapple chunks in. Never. Never. Have I? And why do you think that is not a terrible quote? I have been quoting that all week. I, I said, "Hey, I said to Heath, hey, baby, you, you're my cottage, pot of cottage cheese with pineapple chunks in. <laughs> with all of the pineapple chunks in. Oh. <laughs> and then I said, well, you're a packet of airline peanuts. No. <laughs> nope. Nope. Oh. See? Funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will do one now. Do it. Um, right, I'll be going then. Going. After all these years, I'll be going. Are you alright, Kreitz? Never been better, thank you. Sir, a key ring with a C on it? Unbelievable! Thank you with a capital R. <laughs> I will do a. I really have poor skills of trying to impersonate Craig. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'll get um... Boy, is it cramped! <laughs> Woo-hoo! I'll tell you. If I was dead, you most certainly would not swing me around in here. <laughs> Cat. Talk about cooped up. Cat. Oh, sorry. Not supposed to talk about that, right? <laughs> oh, should I go? Yeah, please. Yes. Okay, right. I can't actually hear you very well, so I'm sorry if you've already said this one. But how about this? Look at this. This is a boy's fridge. Women would never have fridges like this. Chill trainers? It just wouldn't happen. I think Rosie's saying it's, it's that like, quite ironically. It, it's, <laughs> it's like Kachansky is on the show with us. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gone yet, so... Well, if you excuse us, we've got some serious reversing to do. But we'll talk about this. Over a cup of coffee and a hot branding iron. This is one of the universal dilemmas. Something has plagued mankind since time began. To pee or not to pee? That is the question. And by that... Reaction, I guess that was a poor quote to use. <laughs> I thought it was cute. <laughs> it was funny. No, it wasn't. No one laughed. <laughs> I went... <laughs> Does that count? No. Hey, you no. got up <laughs> from Rosie, so... Okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so many quotes. Uh, oh, my God. Okay, here. Um... Squalookal? Where does Squalookal come from? He's new! (laughs) I have have a similar one to that, but I'll I'll wait wait my turn again. We're not taking turns. 
I'm still digging. You, you, you can... Have you ever listened to those claptrap oil pipes? Nureking and retutting, and just when you expect them to nureke again, they squalookle. It's enough to make a perfectly sane person crazy. It's quite amazing the number of people these pipes have driven to the very brink of psychosis. Mr. Lister spent the night, night in there once, and he ended up trying to suffocate him to death with an onion sandwich. Hmm. <laughs> if you could... One of my favourite uh, deliveries uh, was when... Again, same line of quotes, but when she said, if you could just make them go nareek every time without any squalookles, I'd be so grateful. <laughs> and the eye twitch. Yes! The insane eye twitch while she's saying that. That eye twitch. Was... Yeah, you see, good actress, bad writing. Oh. Hilarious writing. With a great actress. <laughs> nareek without any squalookles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Are we all done? There, there was one that I think was left out of the script that I'm using that I forgot to write, but where he's saying, you know, we'll get you some more clothes. Then she says, that's fine. I'll just walk around in this sheet for the next 50 years. I'll be okay. I'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. I've got one. You mean this ship is careening out of control with, through space with absolutely zero expertise at the helm? No change there, then. I, I totally said, hey! <laughs> Not fair, Kachansky. Back off. Too mean. Too mean. <laughs> Cat hasn't crashed them yet. Uh, let's see. It's it's a kind oh. of it's a kind of a swirly water sound. <laughs> um, I, I can't put my finger on it. What is that? It it yeah, it's swirly watery. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I got the um. Okay, I uh well I I smoked cigarettes sometimes. Um, I wore skirts that were quite short. I went to the library and was really noisy. <laughs> really, no. Not really. It was in real life for the first time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what it's like, man. It's the fourth law of the universe. You settle down with a woman, and the first thing they do is systematically set about getting rid of all your mates. The cat's next. I've been packing his bag for over three weeks. Because <laughs> he has a lot of suits. And it's funny. What? Yeah, and her her over chipper yeah. like weird fifties housewife delivery during that. Yeah. Scene. Okay. Well, thank you for sticking with us. Um, and you know, hey, we get it. Uh, maybe uh, maybe our view on this episode or mine and Angela's is isn't on par with everybody's or Paul's. He, he seems to like it, but uh, you know, we're liking the series. Um, so. At least we're finding something that we're digging in, in this season. If it's working for us, if it doesn't for anybody else, so it's not a it's not a waste of film. I can't um, wait to get into the spoilers group once we finish everything and just see how much they oh, curse our names. Be. It'll be lovely. Yeah. Oh, and they're still going to play the American card. Oh yes. Well, of course they'll like this. Well, they of haven't. Of course they like all the. They cr- haven't yet. Oh, oh good. 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 Hey. Yeah, of course they're going to like the crappy episodes. They're Americans. They don't get it. Yay. Um, you, you might want... Would you like to know about next week's episode? You know, what is next week's episode, Jane? It's going to be cool this time. <laughs> um, next Paul? week's episode is 
Blue. Blue. I'm blue. Abudi, 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 abudi. <laughs> well, um, I'm going to say it's going to be a story about a little man who lived in a blue house, <laughs> and all day and all night, everything he sees is just blue, inside, outside. No, I'm going to say well, that a blue box shows up uh, on the. <laughs> On Starbucks, and a time tra- traveler walks out. <laughs> I don't know. Um, God, blue. That's really the least descriptive title that we've had. Um, um, maybe it's descriptive of a mood, like Lister is blue over something. Yeah. Is sad. Maybe he's missing Rimmer. <gasps> That's a point. Ah, Lister is blue because he misses Rimmer. Yeah. I like it. Well, they do, um, I don't know, Rimmer's new uniform this season pre-Ace has been blue. Huh? So maybe something to maybe. do. Maybe 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 this is it. Maybe Rimmer's coming back and getting his head roasted by a locker, like in the opening credits. It'll be Rimmer versus Kachansky. Uh, red versus blue. Do, do. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I will say again, we haven't had a monster oh, episode really this season. Um, I thought this was going to be it. And in fact, what is messing up all the pipes and making it 92 yeah. degrees? Uh, maybe maybe there was a monster in the pipes. They just didn't get around to it. <laughs> they had to talk. We'll see. We'll see. I like Angela's theory, though, that it's it's blue as in sad yeah, Which he pointed sense. out, I was apparently right about my theory that Kachansky was going to come back, and do I remember this right? It, yeah, D- do did I make a theory either on the podcast or just talking that Kachansky was going to come back and it was going to be alternate dimension Kachansky? You, you you said that in a dream, didn't you? <gasps> I did have a dr- I dreamt yes. a different episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's okay. so weird. When was I want to go back and listen to it if you can remember kind of when I, it was. I wrote a Facebook it was actually, post. It was actually mentioned. It was actually mentioned in our feedback. Yeah, I wrote a Facebook yeah, post. They immediately it. reposted it. To oh, that. it's Angela. Yeah, sorry. I thought. Okay, I just thought he meant having a female character is Angela's dream. <gasps> I didn't pick up. Yeah, dream. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Oh, wow. Everyone was like, holy crap. Yeah. There's a witch. <laughs> well, I did go to Hogwarts. So. Yeah. So, some of us were almost calling shenanigans. <laughs> and I had oh, no Oh, I can clue. promise you, there were no shenanigans. <laughs> she no was clue. telling me about that dream. Um, that's And I think I said that 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 would just be too weird if it were an alternate universe Kachansky and Lister had Kachansky, but it wasn't her his Kachansky, and that would just be too weird, and that that wouldn't work. So I want to say that I, I said that it's, in, but I, I I don't know if I said that on the show or just to her, but I was sure that he was going to end up with his Kachansky. So I was totally wrong. Yeah. Angela plucked this one from the streams of time. Yeah, I apparently yeah. did. I'm I'm tied into some sort of space-time continuum thing. Timey, yeah. wimey, bubbly, bubbly. Um, and we... Okay. And um, if I could put a plug out... Sure. Um, you can hear more reaction 
to end the stream before this episode was recorded by listening to our spoiler special with Heath and Angela Ken still can't listen to yet. Awesome. Aww. That's so funny. I had forgotten about that dream completely. <laughs> okay. Well, Rosie, thank you for stopping by and arguing with us. You're welcome. <laughs> And for, for sort of voicing, apparently, the opinion of the majority of the fandom. Well, I tried. Um, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, what was it, Voltaire? I, I may not agree with what you say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. Okay, good. Might not even might not even boot you off the Facebook group. <laughs> um, just kidding. Uh, again, thanks, thanks for stopping by, though. And, uh, hey, join us next week when uh, things get all blue up in here. Bye. 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 Bye.